Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Hello, my name is Ken. And these are my cohorts. Say hello, cohorts. Hello, hello. cohorts. Hello. Hi. And we operate a live radio show slash podcast, podcast. called Movies About Girls. <laughs> now, unlike 98% of every other podcast in existence, ours actually has girls on it, and we can prove it. Hey! Oh, look, there's Hi. one, and there's another one. <laughs> hello. And we, and we have even more. We do. Uh, also, we have cool rock and roll guys. Yeah! There's one right there. <laughs> and we have the voice of Denver Radio. Hello, listeners. Yeah. It's the voice of Denver. Sometimes we even have movie stars on. Isn't that uh, so, Stace? Yes, we do. But mostly, mostly we have laughs. We have laughs and we have boners. So you should listen. It's like six hours long, so you don't even need friends. You can just hang out with us all week. And also, and this is the most important That's part. <laughs> and also, for our 150th episode, we are going to hunt, kill, cook, and eat an elephant. Live on the air. You won't want to miss it. <laughs> okay. Visit moviesaboutgirls.com for more info. Thank you. And fade out. the Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast, where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. Who wants to see me do a big-ass stunt? Let's walk this sucker.
Hey everybody, welcome to episode 62 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? It's, you know, you ever have one of those days where your parents are in a major urban disaster and have to get evacuated out of a tilting skyscraper and end up in a refugee camp while you've got a hellacious cold? Because that's how my day was. <laughs> that sounds like a crazy-ass day. Well, since this sounds like a long story, let's introduce no, that's it. tonight's guest into our show. We have Jeff Crazy, the brilliant vocalist behind Hell Track, one Ooh. of the minds behind It Came From The Basement. How you doing, man? Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for that uh, excellent introduction. Thank you for joining us on the show. It's an honor. So, Gore, what's up with your parents, man? They were, you know that, that hellacious earthquake they had in Christchurch, New Zealand? Yes. Yeah, well, that that was day one. That was the beginning of their uh, their vacation down in New Zealand. And they booked like a, a 24th floor suite in the tallest building in Christchurch. Got up there, set their bags down, and uh, then that's when the earthquake hit. Holy so shit. they had to, like, I get this call. I'm, I'm actually... Going out of my house for the first time in a long time, into the public, with my wife of all people, like trying to have a real grown-up date, mm-hmm. and we're in our car together driving, and my phone rings, and I've got a Taco Bell burrito in one hand, because we're, we're doing this classy. <laughs> I got a Taco Bell burrito in one hand, and the steering wheel in the other, my phone's ringing, so I give it to her, and I hear this, oh, hi, yes, yes, oh, yeah, uh, oh, Okay, well, you, yeah, you take care. Okay, bye. And I'm like, what? Who's your mom? What? Well, she was in an earthquake, but she wanted to let you know that she everything's okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you know that they were in New Zealand? Well, that's the thing. Just beforehand, I had heard on the news about this big earthquake in Christchurch, which bummed me out because I've been to Christchurch and I really have an affection for the people of New Zealand. And New Zealand is a very strange country. If you go there, and this is a fact, you can look it up. If you go there, every single person you meet is like the nicest person you've ever met. <laughs> it's just a population of really, really nice people. Or maybe they were all fucking with me. I don't know. Okay. So I was kind of bummed, and I was about to have my wife check on her little you know, iPhone thing to see what the news was. Because I thought, I'm like, I'm pretty sure my parents are there like tomorrow or today. You know, They're just starting this thing. And then I get this call, and we check it out, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, everything's... It was like a level of left for dead for them. They're up on the 24th floor... And they couldn't take elevators, obviously, so they had to go down the emergency stairs. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's a kind of a square shaft. Yeah, I said shaft. Of stairway. And the stairs. Shaft. Yes. The stairs on one half are, like, collapsed and broken off. So they can only go down the left side. And they get a little ways down, and they're like, well, what do we do now? And then some workers, like, broke through the wall and pulled them back into, like, the 20th floor. <laughs> And then they had to trek around the ruined 20th floor to get to the other side, go down the stairway again halfway, go through another wall, and keep doing that till they could get down to the 15th floor. And then they got taken off the roof of this uh, this adjacent parking structure. They had to go out through windows and like get plucked off by cherry pickers. and Just total craziness. And then at that point, all they have is the clothes on their back, and they're like in a park. They're like, well, we don't know where we're going to go. There's like broken stuff everywhere, and... They're, they're refugees in New Zealand. 
They, they looked up and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man came flaming down the next. street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no Gozer, only Zool. You know, it's probably good that they hadn't played Left 4 Dead. Could you imagine how you and I would be bugging out, walking through that building? You'd be bugging out because you know I'd be shooting you. <laughs> yeah, in the back, most likely. Definitely. As, as the wall cracks so, open. So now, what is, their, the <laughs> what is their status now? Did they, like, buy a bunch of tourist clothes and they're staying somewhere else? In a youth hostel, or what's the deal? Well, they were trying to get out of town, and uh, they ended up hooking up with some nice Kiwi guy with a pickup truck who took him and just, like, took him to their his house and fed him and let him spend the night there and stuff. And then the next day, they ended up calling him because they, they were in a refugee camp for real, and they, they couldn't get out of the camp. And they, they called him up, and he picked him up and took him elsewhere where they could get a, a rental vehicle, and they got the hell out of Dodge. Continued on with their vacation. I assume they're going up towards Blenheim and the Marlboro Sound and all that area. So they're still in New Zealand as we speak. They are still in New Zealand as we speak, unless a tsunami has happened and swamped the entire island. Way to suck it up, though. They didn't like go. You know what? This this vacation is hosed. Let's just North go America. Over. Let's go. Let's go to Hawaii or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. No, they stick with it. Good for them. Well, I don't know that they had a lot of options. I, I don't know that you could exactly just go, well, forget it. We're going out of here. New Zealand is right next to um, nothing. <laughs> it's next to Australia. It's well, on, yeah, I on guess the, the way. Aussies right Hawaii's like, in the bottom. Half of Australia is you know. on fire, and the other half is flooded right now. So Australia is not a real great place to go. Japan? At the moment, I suppose. I suppose. I mean, there, there are places, but that's, that's cool. I'm glad they're okay. I'm yeah. glad they're okay, too. Yeah. Glad they're okay and, and making the best out of a bad situation. Wow. Indeed. I, I'd still better get, like, some tourist shirt swag out of this. <laughs> here's, a, here's, a, here's a piece of crumbled building. <laughs> and all you got was this fucking t-shirt. Yeah. My parents were at the worst disaster in New Zealand's history, and all I got was a slapsy t-shirt. I thought that was, like, I I thought was, that was the movie Black Sheep. I thought that was the, the worst disaster in New Zealand's history. That was. Until that was a documentary, was, wasn't it? Until, until this ruin. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, well, it's a a little bit of music stuff. Uh, The first tune we were listening to, it was The Year We Make Contact by Helltrack, the lead title of their new CD that just came out. I hope you enjoy it. We'll be talking to Jeff about his fantastic music a little bit later in the show. And we'll be talking to him about some of his shitty music, too, I think, right? We might. You never know. (laughs) Does he make any shitty music? As as long as both categories get as much exposure as possible, (laughs) I'm happy. We try to, you know, the controversy, you know, we're going to give you both sides of the story. We try to be well balanced here. Yeah. So gentlemen, what pisses you off? Go ahead. Let's, let's let the guest go first. I mean, he, he talked to us a little bit off the air, gave us a story about what pisses him off and I'm looking forward to see what tops that, frankly. (laughs) Well, at this time of year, especially in Canada, everything's covered in ice and snow. But that said, we had a couple days where everything melted and it was beautiful and sunny out. No black ice, nothing or anything like that. My wife and I are driving to Costco to get gas and some groceries. We're stopped at a train as the train's going by, and full force we get rear-ended by a fucking semi. Oh my god! Holy yes. shit! With a train going by in front of you? Yeah, no, there was a car in between us and the train, but we didn't it hit the guy in front of us. Like it wasn't a train reaction accident, but um, had it been, I mean, we could have pushed that guy into the train. How fast uh, was the so, guy going, do you think? How hard did you poop? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I heard her go, uh-oh, because she saw it in the review, and I just went, 
what the fuck is this guy slams into us and then uh we get out and i'm like hey i'm like where's the ice man and his reply is oh i didn't slide i was just traveling so close i didn't see your brake light on oh god i'm like and this guy works for a transport company oh nice yeah so what pisses <laughs> me off is poor canadian drivers in these conditions and no, uh I- I don't know what the laws are like in Canada, but in the United States, I'm um, in that situation. It is legal to beat him to death at the pipe wrench. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, let's just say in a couple of years, I'll probably be a millionaire. So. I, I don't think that's true. Didn't Jack Nicholas, Jack Nicholson rather, get uh, in trouble for that shit? He went after some guy with a nine iron? Yeah, it wasn't a pipe wrench. Ah, okay. That's the, you, so it must be a pipe wrench guy. Yes, yes. Well, you know what pisses me off? Since our truck died, we're now a one-vehicle family for the near term anyway. And so I've been driving my wife to work in Bellevue, Washington, which is kind of a... It's got some skyscrapers and a little bit of... It's a little fancier area than, say, where I normally work. And I've noticed this odd trend that I'll be driving around, and you see men in business suits walking around, pulling their luggage behind them on the sidewalk. And it started to just... It looked weird to me, and I realized... Wow, that's really small luggage. And <laughs> all of a sudden, I realized it's actually a briefcase, a brief, a regular briefcase type of a thing that has the kind of handle that you pull up to roll with you. And it just occurs to me that today's man is really a pussy. <laughs> you can't carry your own fucking briefcase anymore. You got to roll it around behind you. That's, that is tragic. I don't expect people to carry, like, I usually carry probably a 50-pound messenger bag. Because it's got like three books in it and electronics and cell phones and iPods and all kinds of ridiculous shit. It's you far got the too equivalent heavy. of a woman's giant purse. No, it's it's a messenger bag. It's got a thermos full of coffee. I mean, it carries shit that w- it even would be too heavy for your average mom. And I don't expect everybody to go that route. But dragging your your man pouch behind you on a rolly gurney is fucking bullshit. If you do so, you're a pussy. That's all I'm saying. Wow. I feel you. I can get behind that. Yeah. What? What I, if that? I thing, can get behind it and rear end it. Yeah. Exactly. What if that were to rear end? I love the fact that Jeff is so Canadian. He gets out and goes, "Where's the ice, eh?" Actually, what I said was, "Hey, fuckface, where's the ice?" And my wife says, "Get back in the car, Jeff." <laughs> yeah, it sounds like what Julie would say to me as well. <laughs> that's that's one of the reasons we have wives. Is they are that voice of reason when we and then and then it. I heard him say, "Why well, are you guys are you guys okay?" And she's like, "Yeah, we're okay." And I was like, "We're not okay." And she's like, "Jeff, just call the police." <laughs> we're fucking pissed. <laughs> Soft tissue damage. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, what pisses you off, Gord? Well, not being a Canadian, it's nice weather down here pretty much all the time. So. There's a lot of people that have dogs that think that I should love their dog as much as they love their dog and give their dog the benefit of the doubt. And you know what, people? I don't love your dog. You should have that animal on a short leash, under control, and that's the end of it. You shouldn't let it run around. You shouldn't let it run up to little kids. You shouldn't like, have one of those 98-foot-long extendo leashes that is completely useless going across the bike path. But people assume that because they love their dog so much that their dog is so likable that just everyone else is going to like it that much and give it a break. And to you people, I'm going to give you an example of what I'm talking about. My friend Steve is one of the most likable people I know. It wouldn't be going too far to say that I I do. I love Steve. He's not talking about me. 
I am talking about you, Steve. Oh wait, okay. <laughs> I would take you. I would take you out to in public and not really worry about people not liking you. But if Steve were to run up to your little kid and get in the kid's face and lick the kid's face immediately, you wouldn't give Steve the benefit of the doubt. You would say, "Hey, freak," and you would kick him in the face. I would hope. If Steve walked over and crapped in your petunias. I would, oh yeah, it's just Steve, you know, he does that. They, they would not give you the benefit of the doubt, so why should I give their dog a benefit of the doubt? It's, it's bullshit. Your dog and the fact that you want me to love your dog as much as you do, that pisses me off. <laughs> Was that too much, Steve? Not, not at I all. Oh, you didn't stranger. get into if Steve came up and started humping your leg. So since you <laughs> knew where to draw the line, I'm not at all offended. Okay, yeah. You know, we have that kind of friendship. That's, yeah, it's okay as long as it's a dry hump. <laughs> it was a dry <laughs> hump. <laughs> oh, I think I just hurt myself laughing. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> That's because I'm a modern man. I'm a pussy. <laughs> You're a pussy. Yeah. Oh, uh, God. You got a uh, political rant this week? Barely. I have had about four brain cells firing. The, less, the rest have been just smothered in snot. But I've been watching this this whole budget fight freak out go on between the Democrats and the Republicans and I touched on this a little ways back in one of my political rants. The amount that they're bitching about is not enough to fix the problem. It's like, what do they say? It's 13% of the budget. It's They're only dealing with a discretionary non-defense spending which means just a little teeny teeny part. So like you can shut down all the poison control centers and you can stop giving birth control to poor people and you can shut down the Center for Disease Control and stop inspecting bridges and dams and, you know, save all this money that way. And you still haven't done jack shit in the grand scheme of things. If you're not looking at defense and you're not looking at Medicare and Medicaid, you're not really playing the game. You're not doing your job and you need to fuck off and start getting to work. And you know what? That That is the whole political rant. Neener, neener, neener. All right, well, why don't we dedicate a tune to all the politicians? This is called Being an Asshole is Your Pre-Existing Condition. Yeah.
Once again, being an asshole is your pre-existing condition by Helltrack off the new CD, The Year We Make Contact. So, dude, Jeff, d- dude, tell dude. us about the band, man. Sure, yeah, we, uh, we formed about a year and a half ago. My background was primarily like punk and hardcore, same with the drummer Chad. A couple of the other guys were more metal guys, so fusing all that stuff together, we kind of came up with this sound that I kind of think reflects that, you know. I hate the term of, what is it, metalcore? I hate that term, but for lack of a better term, I guess it's sort of a mix of metal and hardcore. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just released the first album that came out on New Year's Eve. We're working on an EP that we're going to record this summer, and uh, that'll come out for the end of the year as well. Fantastic. Now, this is not your first band, correct? No, no, no. I've been, been I've been playing music for about 20 years now. Wow. Yeah. And so what, what, are, what are some of the other bands that you've been in? Uh, another band that I've been in for, we just celebrated our 13th anniversary, was this band called the Motherfucking Browns, and it's like a horror punk, Misfits meets New Bomb Turk sort of band. You have yeah. several CDs out, right? Yeah, yeah, we've got a bunch of albums out. The Browns have a bunch of albums out as well. Uh, the Browns kind of been on and off band for the past 13 years. Broke up for a while, and then we sold a song that was on Tony Hawk's, uh, Tony Hawk Underground, that video game that came out in 2004. Yeah. Yeah. And then after the success of that... We got back together and recorded another album, and uh, it's kind of been full steam ahead ever since. Cool. And so yeah. is Helltrack a side project, or are you in two full-time bands? I'm in two full-time bands. The Browns, we play... Wow, well, saying the Browns is a full-time band is a very um, overstatement. Like, we play, like, two or three times a year and, and record an album, like, every, like, four years. Helltrack is definitely the full-time band that we're going with, and uh, we'll probably take it out on the road this summer, too, do some touring and stuff like that. Really? Do you think you'll get down to Seattle? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, we're in Alberta, so it's not that far from you. Oh, that'd be the shit. Yeah, I mean, if we're gonna go south, if we're gonna go south, then I mean, that's the place to go. It's either that or it's like Ogden, Utah. So, <laughs> no offense to anybody in Ogden, Utah. No, no, we try to piss off one city every single show. So <laughs> we're really not Screw do- you, Ogden. Yeah, we're not doing our job if we don't. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, that's really cool. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, and uh, we, you know, we've been playing your stuff kind of here and there. I think last February we played a couple of cuts. And then on New Year's, we played another song. So it's cool to finally have you on the show and to, to listen to a little more of the music and share it with the listeners. That's good stuff. Yeah, I, and I love the show. I don't listen to any podcasts anymore except for uh, this one, well, this one and a couple other ones, and then the uh, half hour as well I enjoy still, too. Oh, and I'm, I'm, always, I'm impressed by all the, the new music that I find off of the show. So, yeah, actually, you guys, see, you've introduced me like MC Lars and stuff like that, stuff that I, beefy, stuff that I would never have found on my own, so... Uh, it's it's truly an honor to be on the show here again with you guys. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it's it's music is always something that it's fun to share with people. I mean, exactly. you know, Gordon and I, ever since we've known each other, have been hipping each other to new music and to kind of expand that umbrella to the listenership of the show. That's a neat thing for me. So. Well, yeah, and my days of going to the indie store and looking and seeking new music are kind of behind me. I don't really care enough to go out and do that. I'd rather just listen to what my friends tell me I might like and then go from that route. I don't really have much interest in talking to some hipster at a record store anymore about what he thinks is cool. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we're but, much cooler than that guy anyway. Yeah, exactly. On top of your musical background, now I probably first heard about you from your long-running podcast, which just wrapped up. It came from the basement. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we did 84 episodes and wrapped it up just uh, about a month ago, I think, was when we released the last show, which wasn't really a show. It was just me and Mike fucking around, and you were one of the only people that got the jokes of the entire <laughs> of the entire broadcast, but 
I, um, yeah, I, I immediately <laughs> I had to tell Jeff that I thought that was the best last show ever because it was just so fucking punk rock. Yeah, Mike basically fired me, and then we played Sid Vicious's My Way, and uh, <laughs> and Mike announced his show that he was going to be doing by himself, which uh, oddly enough, I was his first guest host on. So, <laughs> okay, so, so uh, I, I can finally say this now that it came from the basement is done, and Mike is getting ready to go into a new show. Mike, yeah. buy a new fucking microphone. You are killing me. Yeah. Screw talk to. Oh my god! Seriously. Yeah, we re- we recorded an episode. I recorded his first episode uh, via Skype. He, I don't know if he's edited it yet or put it together yet, but uh, I'm excited to see how it turns out. <laughs> cool. I will be listening. Hopefully it sounds a little bit better than episode three of It Came From The Basement. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. <laughs> so he's he's got the new show going. So that's getting ready to start? Yeah, I recorded. Uh, we did an episode on 976 Evil 1 and 2. And it's going to be like a little half hour show. I think he's calling it like Mike's Power Half Hour or something, something along the lines of that. That should be pretty good. And what I've actually gone on to, outside of coming on some friends' shows like this, and I'll probably go on Vaughn's show, Des from Dread Media show, I'll probably go on his show at some point. I joined the Movies About Girls podcast as a full-time contributor as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I don't know if you're familiar with those guys, but they I've, I've listened to it once or twice. It wasn't, uh, you know, part of my regular uh, yeah. slate, yeah. but it, maybe it'll need to. <laughs> I actually, like, download 65 podcasts a week now. And I, oh, yeah, just I, looking for new stuff. Or? No, I just I can't listen yeah. to them all. It's all great stuff, but you know I, I do my best to work through them in a given work week. But I usually don't get to all of them. So you know movies, there are, there are movies, like about movies about girls, girls that I've been cool. familiar with, but I hadn't actually listened to. Yeah, it's a great show. It's got an amazing cast who all know their shit, and uh, the, I would say the movie discussion of the show takes up like maybe one eighth of the show. Some the shows run from like five to seven hours each. So, I mean, there's a lot of content that there's going on in there, and people are coming and going. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really stoked to be part of it, though, because they're a good group of kids. Or, I was going to say kids, but I think I'm probably one of the youngest people on the show. But anyways, I'm stoked to be a part of it. So Cool. Well, congrats on all of your, you know, new goings on, man. You're Thanks, really man. rocking it. That's cool. Yeah, it's going to be a good year. So, speaking of, you, you mentioned our good friend Vaughn. He uh, yep. actually called into the show today. So let's, oh, good. Uh, we have not heard from Vaughn in a yeah, long time. Yeah, it's been a while, so let's listen to what he has to say. Hey, guys, what's up? It's Vaughn. Uh, I said I would call. You're going to talk about something on the show. I don't know if you're going to talk about it before this voicemail or after this voicemail. The death is a very great podcast. No, no, it came from the basement. Sad. It's sad to see another podcast, so, you know. For a while there, I thought you guys were gone because, you know, I, I was kind of missing out on my best, my best comedy podcast that sometimes... Moonlight is a horror podcast. But, uh, yeah, it's a sad day when Jeff uh, pulled the collection of douche catchers that they were breaking the podcast up. But, friend, not, if you know anything, that two of those maniacs are still podcasting in a weird form. Mike is going to be doing his own show, which we all heard about the last fucking, uh, in the basement. And Jeff is on movies about girls. You can stand in that show for more than 25 minutes. I don't know, it's a six. Five-hour podcast, it's kind of wacky. I don't know. I, 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 I say this on my show. I, I find it weirdly compelling to listen to that show, even though it is kind of a train wreck. It's a fun show. I don't know. Anyway, with you guys, how you been? How's everybody going? Huh? Jeez, have you found that damn friggin' uh, Mario Brothers box set yet that you were looking for around Christmas? If you haven't, I've been trying to keep an eye out for it. You know, trying to find it either used or whatnot. 
I got myself a copy of it. It's fucking, you know, it's an awesome box. Set. It's a little, they got it for, got it for Christmas, and I probably wouldn't have spent the $30 for it because it's all it really is. The game itself is just a port of the old Super Nintendo game. And then the booklet is kind of cute, but it's not, it's more for kids than anything else. As I'm, as I'm driving, I see this old fat lady and her kid behind me are pointing at my car, and I don't see smoke coming out of it, so I guess nothing's happening. They're just being stupid. What else was I talking about? Oh, yeah, it's, it's cute. Maybe I can find all the remnants of the box. Maybe I'll send you the box that, just to, so you can have it, play with it. You know, I don't, but the thing is, I don't know. My wife might get a little annoyed if she didn't buy it for me for Christmas. I'm like, your wife, you didn't. Ha, 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 ha. What else? Hmm. Uh, nothing really else. Um, I've been really liking the show. I like the BC Cody uh, back for the Super Bowl Madness. Um, it was nice to have two shows pretty much week after week. It was kind of interesting. And like, oh, you should listen to Heavy Half Hour. I don't really particularly like heavy music, so I don't listen to that. But I probably should just listen. Just to hear freaking Steve ramble on for five or six minutes. Well, I haven't anything to say to you guys. No, just keep it up, you know. I really like the show, and... As always, I, I'm probably one of your biggest supporters in this part of the country anyway. I don't know if there's anyone else uh, bigger than me as meaning rotund. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, keep up with the good work and don't lose that fucking spirit, motherfuckers. If I hear you guys are into the show, I'm going to come down to fucking Washington and California and beat the shit out of you. I can't deal with this anymore. I can't deal with podcasts that I like fucking ended anymore. It's fucking annoying. All right. Goodbye. Okay, so once again, the great Vaughn from New Jersey. Thanks for calling, man. So, going through what he said, uh, It Came From The Basement was a great show. Agreed. He said it was pissing him off that all these uh, shows seemed to be quitting on him. He Why did he think we were going to quit? Because yeah. we went a few weeks with not having a show. We always yeah, go we a few did, weeks without having a show. We did, we did the back-to-back shows, and then I had a date posted on the website. And then we remember we were like lining out uh, music, and then we had a couple of things that didn't work out, and so we put it off a couple of weeks. And he wasn't the only one. I caught some shit. I got this. This was an email which came. Uh, I've been waiting calmly for midnight Pacific time. Now I've got to call you names. You let us all down and broke our hearts. Only a wife in labor or a dead family member is an excuse for that. Again, my best, Benza. And wow. you know what pisses me off? Not getting a show on the day it was promised. Gareth, Calgary. Oh. Yeah, people yeah. like their bone bat, man. Who who are we to stand in their way? Sorry, sorry, Steve's fault. <laughs> you I know, grew up well, in that's Calgary. The... Those Calgarians, they get crazy, man. Stampede and bone bat show. That's all they care about. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's the question, though. I mean, what do you think, Jeff, as a podcaster? If we had to do bone bat show with no music, would you rather we wait until we have music or just do a show? Uh, well, I mean, as I said earlier, I mean, I've discovered a lot of music via the show so there's not many podcasts that i would want to listen to that are um not that you're music based but i mean like music plays a heavy influence on the show and uh i, I i'd be kind of bummed if you didn't do something that was new for me at least all right well we don't want to do a show that bums people out so. yeah well that's that you know my thought was and we, we kind of thought about that we're like well you know we could go this week or we could wait a week when i know we've got music lined up and then we'll, you know, go forward with that. And it just seemed like, you know, kind of doing a show without music would be a little bit half-assed. So that was... Yeah, the- I mean, it's, it's kind of a quality over quantity thing, right? Exactly. Like, I've been telling my wife that for years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you really want, like, just quantity, just go back. Vaughn's got a whole back catalog you can listen to. So one thing, uh, Vaughn, thank you so much. But 
you do not have to send me your Mario Brothers game. It turns out that actually Nintendo is making more. According to Amazon, as of March 11th, they're going to be selling them again for the original 30 bucks. So you probably need to snap one up quick, but I am going to have another shot at it. So by all means, do not piss your wife off. It sounded like he was going to try to collect like pieces of the box that were scattered about his house or something. Yeah, just send that to you. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, you don't have to do that. Thank you so much, though. What do you think that lady was pointing at uh, Vaughn's car for? I, I had one this... of the kids that she had with her is like being drugged underneath it because he ran the kid over. No, no, no. I, I here, here's the way I picture it. There's like a little fat kid with a beard in the car seat behind her, and he's pointing. He says, "Is that fucking daddy?" <laughs> And she's like, no, it's the mailman. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what I did there. You're almost clever. I am, almost. And Vaughn was absolutely right. Beefy is awesome. And it was really cool that he joined us for the post-Seahawks win show. That was cool. Yeah, it was really great having Beefy on. And I, I try to talk to people that don't listen to my podcast. You know, like regular real-life people. Mm-hmm. And I tried to explain to them, like, oh, we had Beefy on the show. We, like, we hung out and we talked and he's a really great guy. And he's Beefy. And they all give me the same, like, qual? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're not listening to Beefy now, you should be. That's... Yeah. You know, it's going to be one of those things that, like, in a couple of years, people are going to get back, like, hey, wait, that, that Beefy guy, is that the same Beefy? You know, the Beefy was on your, is that the same guy? And I'll be like, yeah, yes, that Beefy. It was like a thousand years ago. I got Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction on vinyl because, you know, I didn't even have a CD player at the time. I don't even think it was out on CD when I got it. And I loaned it to my friend who was a total metalhead, but only the popular stuff. If it wasn't popular, he wouldn't listen to it. Gave him. I'm like, I know you're not hearing this on the radio, but this is great stuff. You're going to hear it. It's going to be big. Listen to it now. You'll dig it. He listened to it once and gave it back. He's like, ah, I just really couldn't get into that. Uh, I shit you not, like a year and a half later, they're on the radio. And, oh, Gordon, can I borrow that album again? <laughs> Same thing. Yep, I think you're right. Except not in any way to compare Beefy to Axl Rose, who is by all accounts a first-class asshole. No, yes. And Beefy, Beefy is a, is nice a guy. true mensch. He really is yeah. a great guy. So. Okay, and then Vaughn called back again. Hey. Uh, Vaughn again, I'm here to uh, ask Gord a question. Um, I wanted to ask his opinions on the weird kind of um, union breaking that Wisconsin and uh, I think it's Oklahoma right now are also going through with their teachers and when most governments employees, their teachers and their state, um, their police and firefighters. I want to know your opinions on the two stories that are going on, especially with the way that Wisconsin's kind of doing it in the way that Oklahoma's doing it now. The fact that Oklahoma will be, it includes, besides just state employees and teachers, the Oklahoma one will also include the um, cops and fire. I mean, it will completely, you know, diminish their opinion, you know, their rights for anything with unions. Um, I just wanted, and plus I wanted to have Gord's opinions on unions in general. I know he's a, he works as, he's a, he's a well-made man. He works himself, he works by himself. And I know that because he's talked about it. Um, but I want to know his opinions on unions and uh, everything like that. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. Keep up with the work. Yeah. Bye. So, Gordon, what do you think about unions and what's going on in Wisconsin and Oklahoma? Well, that's kind of a whole lot of questions altogether, but 
here's my take on that. I, I have mixed feelings about unions. I, I believe that they're both very, very necessary, but they can also really cause a tremendous problem that they need to be tempered. But what's going on in Wisconsin is really, really freaking interesting. And the story that you're not getting, at least that I'm not really seeing, is this. Wisconsin gets a new governor, gets a new legislature, and boom, the first things they do are increase spending on some pet projects and decrease the revenue coming in through some uh, elimination of some taxes and fees and things. So they, they blow this huge hole in the budget, and then they turn right around and go, oh my God, we have a giant hole in the budget. What do we do? We better eliminate the collective bargaining rights of this union. It's like a huge bait and switch. They cause the problem, and then they're selling the solution to this problem, which, you know, okay, I guess it could solve it if you if you eliminate these guys' collective bargaining rights and say, here's your new shitty salary with no benefits. But it was a very ballsy and, uh, I would say, borderline evil way to go about getting what you want. I don't know if it's going to work or not. Everyone's going to need to share the pain, no doubt about it, including the unions. But the way that it went down was Wisconsin, really, really super sketchy. That's my own opinion with absolutely no preparation for this question whatsoever. Well, what do you think about unions, Jeff? Do you have an opinion on the subject? My, uh, the only time I was ever in a union, oddly enough, was when I lived in the state of Wisconsin for eight years. Huh. I, worked for an, <laughs> I, was in an, I worked for an insurance company and was part of the union, and... Uh, I didn't pay much attention to it. Uh, my knowledge of unions was it being in the background and uh, really having not much interaction with them and then various Billy Bragg songs. So, uh, you know, I can't really <laughs> say much other than that. And, uh, I mean, you know, they won Super Bowl. Shouldn't they be excited about that or something? I don't know. <laughs> Wisconsin won the Super Bowl? Didn't Green Bay Green win Bay, the Super Bay, Bowl? Yeah. I don't know. I'm Canadian. I don't care. <laughs> well, that's my, my one you know, experience with the union was kind of not a good one. Uh, when I was in college, I was working at a grocery store on the graveyard shift. And when I got the job, I was told that because I was in the variety department, which was like the non-food items. So, you know, your Kleenex and shampoo and, you know, there was some food items, but stuff like that, that I would be stocking overnight. And I was told because I was part of the variety department, I didn't have to be part of the union. And so I, I worked there for like three or four months and then one day I came into work and I was taken aside and I was told, okay, here's the deal. We were totally wrong about that union thing, so you have to join, so I can't schedule you again until you pay 350 bucks. Damn. And, you know, I was a college student, you know, just scraping by on work study. I was working two jobs and I had work study, and there was no way. And I was like, well, I don't have 350 bucks. I'm hand to mouth right now. You know, all my money went to my, my room and board and to my tuition. And he's like, well, can't you know, can't you call, ask your mom and dad for it? I'm like, my mom Jeez. and dad are paying for everything, you know. So the, the, my one experience with the union, I got totally screwed. And I ended up, like, I went in and I got them to sign some piece of paper and I got put on the schedule for about another month. And so they were kind of pushing me to get the money in. And then I left and got a different job. And that was the end of that. Wow. But that was like my one experience as a college kid, you know, trying to get by was that the union was trying to fuck me. Yeah, they probably were. And, and then right around that same time, there was like a really, you know, one of those unionizing votes in the store amongst the grocery staff. 
and it turned really ugly one night with like the union guys coming in one of the head guys who was uh who was for keeping the store union free or whatever trying to vote him out was one of the butchers and they like came in during it was you know it was late at night but they came in and they were like yelling at him kind of you know in your face buddy and that kind of shit in the store while the store was open a nice. bunch of late night screaming butchers just sounds kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> and something about that just doesn't sit well with me. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I do see the value of a union as far as when, you know, people are getting shafted by corporations or things like that. But my one experience was bad, so I don't really know how I feel, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been in a union myself. So, Jeff, why don't we get back to a little music here. At the end of the new album, you have a, an epic epic piece yeah there's a, a, a quadrology of four songs it's a tells a tale of this warrior who um, <laughs> every time i tell the story i get a smile across my face because people think i'm insane it tells the tale of this warrior who uh finds out that he was abducted by this village and uh he was actually a god and he was taken from the gods he was abducted by this village raised as a I don't know, like a, a bum, I guess, or a hobo, whatever you want, a vagrant in this village, and was told that he had to go off and kill the other gods because they were keeping him down. And he goes on this quest to do so and finds out that he's one of the gods and uh, then comes back to the village and slays everybody as uh, part of revenge. But anyways, this is part three of that. It's called The Mountain, and it tells the tale of him going up to the mountain and uh, he's going there with the intention of killing God. But then after he has a conversation with his father, his birth father, he's told what actually happens, and uh, he prepares for his vengeance, which happens in part four. But anyways, this is part three.
once again, that was The Mountain. Very cool tune, Jeff. Glad you like it. So, how about a little multimedia triage, gentlemen? What are you digging on this week? You know what I'm digging on? What? I'm digging on one of my favorite bands from the 90s who have recently returned from outer space, and they are touring once again, and that is Man or Astro Man. They're back, and they are rocking. They've got three of the four original members. They've got uh, Star Crunch, Coco, and... uh, Oh, Christ, what's the other guy's name? I'm losing it. Anyway, if you're not familiar with uh, Man or Astro Man, they play very high-energy surf rock with a outer space B-grade science fiction movie twist to them. And uh, they played a really rocking show with The Octopus Project, which is a band I was completely unfamiliar with. And at first I wanted to just say The Octopus Project was a low-budget onomatoguchi, mm-hmm. but they're, they're not. They're really doing their own original thing. Some of their songs were very, very melodic. Some of their songs were very, very noisy. And I don't think I'd buy their album, but I'm glad I watched them. And they, they propelled a melody in a lot of their songs with a theremin, which is pretty cool, very unusual. And if you know Man or Astro Man, you know that Man or Astro Man is a theremin that they whip out in their band. Whoa, what was that? Sorry, that's the Union knocking down my door. Fucking Union, knock it off, Union. Come on, we've got to talk about Man or Astro Man here. So, Man or Astro Man has a theremin that they pull out more for sound effects rather than carrying the melody. And at one point, at the end of the show, the thereminist from Octopus Project brings her theremin out, and they have a theremin duel. (laughs) (laughs) And the guy from Man or Astro Man actually sets his theremin on fire during the theremin duel. It was one of the craziest things i've seen in a long time theremin yeah, talk, is, talk about something original huh Holy yeah shit. i mean yeah. wow the theremin's a itch have you ever like played the theremin Steve, i've or, never or, played it i sort of know what it is it's an electronic instrument right yeah yeah it's an electronic instrument and you, you generate the no- notes by you know it's the like proximity of your hands to the sensors i've encountered it a couple times i've messed around with it i didn't really know what i was doing it's a lot like a clitoris <laughs> you can't find the right spot on the theremin either no not, but you know i was entertained so that's really what matters <laughs> and like the clitoris i think i've only come across a theremin at a science center so it's... <laughs> <laughs> so wait lab rats have a theremin <laughs> you know the planetarium <laughs> the clitoritarium i love that place <laughs> you naked lean mo- back in the seat this <laughs> in the naked mole rat exhibit Oh, jeez. Oh, what else have I been digging on? I watched Restropo. Yeah. And you know what? I I haven't read the book yet. I'm supposed to get it in like a week. Mm-hmm. I didn't really enjoy the movie. I okay. wish I would have read the book first. I think I would have loved the movie if I would have read the book first. I don't know if it's an enjoy thing. I don't know that I enjoyed it. I'm glad I saw it. I it's think I would have been more into it. It would have been sad... more like the documentary, I don't know, footnotes or something. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of it is kind of sad because people die in war, and I mean, you know, it's not the feel-good watch of the year. I hope no, I no, I, I watched it, but I wasn't, frankly, I wasn't that entertained by it. I, I went from sad and, I went from sad to bored to sad to bored to sad to bored kind of thing. Well, yeah, definitely reading the book, I think, would give you context of, like, what you were seeing. Yeah, so listen, people, read the book, read Younger's War, and then watch Restropo. And the other thing I've been into media-wise is I read the new Stephen Hunter book you sent me with the demonic uh, wasp, which was a great fast read. Picked it up, 
and within two pages I was into it, and it was great all the way through to the end. Grizzled old Marine sniper comes out of retirement one last time again, <laughs> kicks ass and takes names. <laughs> Bob Lee Swagger. Bob Lee Swagger is the man. So who is more? Did we talk about this before? Or we talked about this like just on our own. Uh, who's more of a badass in his prime, Bob Lee Swagger or Jack Reacher? Jack Reacher. You think so? Yeah. That'd be a yeah, hell Bob, of- Bob Lee Swagger is is a bad. They're both badasses, no doubt. But I think that. Uh, I think Mr. Reacher has a little bit more depth in his uh, lineup. That'd be an amazing fight, though. It would. Holy shit. I think that uh, Reacher is not the superior sniper, but I think in just a plain old fight, he'd win. He won sharpshooting awards, though. Yeah, but I still don't think he's as good as the other guy when it comes to sniping. Yeah. When it comes to, like, physical mano-a-mano combat, he'd win. What I've been reading lately is uh, an author by the name of Chris Wood from the U.K., sent over a copy of his book, which is Sherlock Holmes and the Flying Zombie Death Monkeys, which just he did came- send that, and I haven't read it yet, and I want to read it. Uh, he, I've been just came out, having a cold. Just came Based out, on that title alone. Just came out in December from LDB Press, and it, it's kind of funny because I didn't know what to expect when I picked it up. You start reading it, and like in the very first page, uh, Sherlock Holmes is brought into a case by this psychiatrist who provides Watson with a twat meter so he can constantly measure how much of a twat Holmes is being. <laughs> and it goes from there. And it reminds me of Airplane. There are so many jokes flying at you that some are bound to hit you. It's absolutely scattershot. I mean, just tons of humor. Some of the jokes fall flat. Some of them are freaking hilarious. And it's probably the only Sherlock Holmes book that has the following line. Watson admonished Holmes. That's no way to talk to a lady, he said, hanging a deer stalker on his boner. <laughs> this so, book sounds amazing. I would say absolutely check it out. It's like $6 paperback. You can get it on Amazon. And it's a lot of fun. There's uh, several short stories. And, uh, you know, the, the first one's a novella. It's about 60 pages long. And then there's three more stories after that. And this is his second book. So if you enjoy it, there's one to go back to. So very cool stuff, and I think you ought to check it out. Right on. Sounds great. But other than that, I haven't got shit done because I was finally finished getting 100% in Red Dead Redemption. Oh, good. I'm so glad you're done with that. Achieved. So then I finished that, and I felt like I had a hole in my life, so I went back to Mass Effect 2. Oh, Jesus. So, yeah, I'm... I'm in a world of hurt. I have a question, though. I, I really enjoyed Red Dead Redemption. I had a blast playing that, but I've never played any other Rockstar stuff. Have either of you guys played Grand Theft Auto 4? I played Grand I have, Theft Auto, yeah. The only uh, Rockstar game I've played all the way through was the Warriors game. How was that? And I, but it's it's almost more like a prequel to the movie, which was fine. I mean, like, if you're a fan of the movie, it's, you know, mm-hmm. the movie, I would say, takes place in the last, like, quarter of the game, but uh, I thought it was cool. It was fine. I mean, they sell a lot of games, so they must be doing something right. I've heard non, nothing but good things about Red Dead, but then I borrowed it from a friend. I couldn't really get into it. I wasn't a fan of just riding around on the horse and stuff. But. Yeah, it's, yeah uh, Gordon does the, enjoy the... Yeah, I, I don't think Gordon would like it either. He kind of likes to get in and, you know, get some fighting done. And there was certainly plenty of that. But with these kind of games, I kind of enjoy how the story kind of unfolds and the discovery of different things and finding out how the mysteries work and stuff like that. So that's yeah, I didn't give it enough time. But it, it took me a long-ass time, dude. 
I started playing that game like back in October. I didn't touch it for like 50 days. And I finally decided, okay, I was going to give it a push. And I put two weeks into it and knocked it off. And now my wife's pissed at me and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it kind of it made me wonder about Grand Theft Auto 4 because, you know, they've sold a shitload of them. That series had never appealed to me before because I have kind of a crippling morality that I think I have to be the good guy whenever I play a video game. And so, so why do you always shoot me in the back? Well, because that's really a public service. <laughs> anyway, though, so I've been doing that. The other the other video game thing is uh, Words with Friends finally came out for the Android. And fucking everybody has been pinging me to play games. I have like six games going right now. It's a blast. Uh, if anybody, you know, is interested, look for me on there. You'll find me. I'm Bonehand. I'm around. Yeah, I'll download that and check it out. This has been a hellacious week for me. I didn't really have much time for anything. No, it's it's cool. I'll be. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> it's funny you bring up video games because I got a million. Well, I shouldn't say a million. I probably got like five for Christmas, and I haven't cracked open any of them. I even got a new Xbox um, from my phone provider for signing up for a contract for two years or whatever. And they threw in Alan Wake, and I haven't even tried that yet either. That's a cool um, game. I hear that it is, and I'm stoked that I got it for free, but I just haven't even touched it. The only thing I've done, video game-wise, was played about two hours of Red Dead and was like, yeah, running around on the horse and following Betty or Patty or whatever her name was did nothing for me, so I was like, I'll just hold off on this. Um, I've spent a lot of time reading. I've been reading Kiss and Sell. Have you guys ever seen this book, Kiss and Sell? Is that the uh, the Gene Simmons uh, or the the book about Kiss the Band and the financial aspect of it? Yeah, yeah, that one of somebody from Kiss's camp wrote like years ago. I think they've had it taken out of publishing. Like they refuse to even acknowledge it exists and stuff. But it's pretty, it's pretty funny stuff. Talk about Ace Freely and his thousand dollar a week champagne habit and stuff like that. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty eye opening and it's pretty good. Also, been rereading the uh, the reissued Spider Man Clone Saga trade paperbacks they've been putting out from the Clone Saga that took place in the nineties. Cool. Uh, yeah, a lot of people gave it flack when it was out, but I enjoyed the storylines and got rid of my comics from then, so I'm stoked to see them all compiled in, uh, in chronological order. And uh, been watching a lot of TV. Breaking Bad, I'm caught up with, finally. Uh, Shameless, the William H. Macy show. I don't know if you, have you guys seen this show yet. I haven't. No, I've got, a, I've got episode one on my uh, TV recorded, but I haven't watched it yet. I'd be shocked if you didn't like it. I, I've been really enjoying it. And then revisiting Twin Peaks, I decided to go back and... Uh, Start Twin Peaks over again. It's been about <laughs> 10 years since I did, so... Does it make any more sense now? No. <laughs> but Kyle McLaughlin's just so great in it. Like, his performance is just amazing. Dude, that was that was such destination programming at the time. <laughs> Every fucking week, you did not miss that show. Yeah, yeah. And even people like my mom would want nothing to do with something like that. <clears throat> into it. You know what I mean? She had no idea what the fuck was going on. Yeah. But she was she was into it, you know. So, but you know, they they lost me when they didn't wrap up the Laura Palmer thing at the end of the first season. That yeah. kind of pissed me off, and then I was like less fervent about watching the show after that. Fire Walk with me was kind of a cool movie, though. In a, I didn't very, you know, fire. It was okay. I don't very I, I surreal sort of way. 
Well, you know, we're talking Twin Peaks, so yeah, kind of absolutely. surreal and Twin Peaks are kind of synonymous. But yeah, I mean, I'm still go back and revisit it. If, if anything, just for Carl McLaughlin's performance, because, uh, you know, you look at that and then you look at Showgirls and you're like, how is this possible? Like, you know, <laughs> how, how is this the same per- person? Well, you know, so, he's, on a, he's on a show now called Portlandia. Have you seen that? Portland. I've seen that. It's pretty terrible. With Fred oh. Armisen from Saturday Night Live. It has its moments. Sometimes it's funny. And especially if you live in the Northwest. I mean, the jokes are more <laughs> than laugh out loud, you know? You're it not seemed dying. like it was trying way it, too it hard. It tries, but it has its moments. Like, there's one where the guy and the gal are uh, in a restaurant, and, you know, they want to know if their chicken is free-range, and they have, like, this full dossier on the chicken, and yet it's not enough. They have to go to the ranch. I mean, it, it's over-the-top silly, but it kind of has, you know, just a little nugget of truth that is kind of amusing. Is it supposed to be a comedy? Yeah, yeah, it's kind okay. of sketch comedy about oh, sketch living, comedy. Yeah, oh. living in Portland. The the, the same two uh, actors play multiple characters, and then Kyle MacLachlan plays the mayor of Portland, who like he disappears heard. one time, and it turns out he's playing bass in a reggae dub band. <laughs> All right, I can get behind that. Right, it's a, it's it's funny. It's wor- definitely worth watching an episode or two and deciding if it's for you. Cool. I'll check it out. You know, I just uh, actually caught the first episode of a show called Justified. Have you seen that? No. Doesn't Elmore Leonard write that? Oh, does he? That would explain. I he does. It's, it's pretty cool. It's got uh, Timothy Oliphant from Deadwood, the sheriff from Ooh, Deadwood. I like in that it. guy. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a he he's some sort of a federal marshal, and he's looking into like moonshine running and drug dealing stuff like that. And the, I, I the episode I saw it was right in the middle of the series, so I don't really know what's going on yet, but I did enjoy. it. Interesting. I like Timmy Gillipan. Yeah, he's he's good. Cool. That's about all I have. Yeah, that's me about too. all I have. We got yeah. filthy jokes. Well, let's we got do that. some filthy jokes. Who wants to go first? I I'll go, go first. Mine's the weakest. I think. Really? You want to? <laughs> yeah. You'll be sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this uh, man and woman have been married for a long time, and they're getting ready for work one morning in the bathroom, and they, you know, they both have just gotten out of the shower, and he's shaving, and. She's standing there looking at the mirror, looking at herself, and she goes, Man, look at me. What is going on? I mean, look at my neck. You can see it's just my neck is getting kind of fat. And look down at my my breasts are definitely not the, the perky young things they used to be. My, my breasts are saggy. And my God, look at my tummy. I'm getting a tummy now. What is what is this? And I, I'm getting my mom's hips. This Oh, look at me. I just... She turns to her husband. She goes, Please, will you please... Please, I need it so bad. Just say something positive about me right now. He looks at her and he goes, Well, your eyesight is perfect. <laughs> That's uh, more of a bummer than a joke. Yeah, because life is sad. Yeah. My, mine will kind of clear the air a little bit. Mine's not even a dirty joke. And my friends all make fun of me because there's only one joke I know and I thought I would share it with you guys. Every other joke anybody tells me, I forget. It's not dirty, but I'm going to tell it to you because it's very quick. And are you ready? Yes. I'm ready. All right. Where does the king keep his armies? Where? In his sleeveys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, shit. So this elderly man goes to the doctor's office for his annual physical. And the doctor checks him out and he goes into his office and he, he looks kind of concerned. And after a while, he comes out and he says... Well, I'm sorry, Bill, but we've discovered that you have this very, very rare condition that is always fatal. And the best I can say is that you maybe have another six weeks to live. 
And Bill's just flabbergasted. But doctor, I, I feel great. I haven't felt this good in years. It just, just, it can't be true. Is there anything at all I can do? The doctor says, well, I, I, I can't tell you. Nothing works with this. But all I can say is you might want to try going down the street to that new hell spa. And each day, take a mud bath. And, and Bill kind of, he starts to look up. He says, well, will this cure me? And the doctor says, no, but it will get you used to the dirt. <laughs> Well, no one did a dirty joke for our filthy jokes tonight. I <laughs> beg to oh, wait, differ. That was filthy because it was a dirt mud, oh, mud oh, and you dirt. The, you backdoored it. <laughs> I did backdoor <laughs> that it. Sounds good. That's good. And not for the first time tonight. So thank you, Jeff. <laughs> what? <laughs> thank you, Jeff, for joining us on the show, man. It was an absolute pleasure. Hey, anytime. I love you guys. I'd love to come back. Uh, thanks to Vaughn, of course, for calling in twice, no less. You can hear Vaughn's goodness at motionpicturemassacre.com. And thanks, also Vaughn. thanks to uh, Chris Wood for sitting over the Sherlock Holmes book. We really appreciate it. Uh, one last thing out. I want to mention. Jeff's comrade in the uh, Douchebag Podcasting Network, Stephen from yeah. JFMP, emailed and said that this week he's releasing a special episode of JFMP Podcast which will discuss the films Flags of Our Fathers and Letters from Iwo Jima, the two uh, Clint Eastwood films. More importantly, the show will feature an interview with Chief Warrant Officer Woody Williams, who actually fought at Iwo Jima and received the Congressional Medal of Honor, America's highest honor, for his actions there. He talks about his life, the war in the Pacific, and whether or not Hollywood has it right when depicting the war. So it, this is going to be a very cool episode of JFMP. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Everybody should check this out, man. Go to... JAFMP.com and check it out. It'll be available after February 23rd. Excellent. Our usual bullshit. The show number is 425-296-6557. You can call us just like Vaughn did. Or you can reach us via email at steve at bonehand.com. We have new content at bonehand.com every Sunday, including the Heavy Half Hour, which you may want to check out. The most recent episode is Heavy on the Nerdcore, featuring Z from Hipster Please, who joined us for some Nerdcore metal. Very cool shit, so check it out. And you can find my cartoons every week, except this week, because frankly, i got too much going on. I've got no good ideas, and I'm just going to go to bed and nurse this cold for the rest of the week, but... Normally, you can find my stuff at MightyWombat.com, and you can follow my Twitterings, such as they are, at Mighty underscore Wombat. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm Bonehand over there, and we do have a Bonebat feed as well as a Bonebat Facebook group. As always, if you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend, and thank you for listening. Jeff, where can we find your stuff? Uh, best possible way, probably uh, both bands, MySpace websites. Uh, myspace.com slash helltrackca and uh, myspace.com slash the motherfucking browns and movies about girls oh and moviesaboutgirls.com very cool alright so our final song tonight will be the final part of your epic saga part 4 the vengeance the vengeance once again this is Steve this is Gord Jeff Crazy have a good one I've got a sick one <laughs>
Although don't don't get too comfortable because Steve keeps a, a hot mic on all the time. So if you say something embarrassing, it might end up as a little stinger at the end of the show. <laughs> oh, I don't really. Hey, listen, I didn't say a word about you mentioning both your mom and Shaft in the same sentence because you'd pro- probably call me and ask me to take it out anyway. So I just left it alone. Thank you for but leaving I, I want my the mom fuck, and the Shaft alone. I want the credit. I'll, I'll give you a mom Shaft credit. <laughs> fuck.